Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Smattering. I'm Jason Hall, joined by Jeff Santoro, and we are going to talk about four stocks today. We're going to talk about two stocks that we both have picked or stocks that we would absolutely buy right now. And we're going to talk about stocks that we wouldn't even buy with each other's money. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm excited for this. This is going to be fun. Me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it too. So right out of the gate, let's talk about, let's lead it off here with the stocks that we like, stocks that we would absolutely buy right now. And your, your pick is one of my favorites, and it's CrowdStrike. Let's talk about CrowdStrike. So CrowdStrike is a cybersecurity company, and the number one reason it's a stock I would buy right now is that I think if it's not recession-proof, it's pretty recession-resilient. And what I mean by that is if you think about a company that that has a contract with, with CrowdStrike and they're a customer, and now all of a sudden the economy's not so great and they have to tighten the belt a little bit, the last thing they're going to go cut out of their budget is their cybersecurity. Cybersecurity to, is no longer a discretionary spend, right? Right. It, it's table stakes to be a publicly traded company. It's pu- table stakes to be a company. So in my mind, it's one of the last things that's going to go. I'll just really quickly talk about the top line. The last, so they reported um, their April quarter back in June. They're about to re- report their next. But the last several quarters of revenue growth, 61%, 63%, 64%, 70%, 70%, 74%. So they've just been crushing it on the top line. Their long-term total addressable market has just grown all the time, right? So when they IPO'd in 2019, they estimated it to be $25 billion, and now they're estimating the potential by um, 2025 to be $126 billion. And continue so, to grow after that. I really want to emphasize, emphasize yeah. that. Right. So that's the first thing. Um, re- recession-proof and just growing the top line like crazy. They have um, a benchmark of 120% of... Um, their dollar-based retention rate. So what that basically means is 120% means existing customers are spending 20% more this year than they did last year. Right. So if, if, if I was a CrowdStrike customer and I was paying them $100 last year, this year I'm paying them 120 Right. So they, they, they shoot for 120 They're often above it. They're very rarely below it. Very consistent here. So that's the second reason. Um, the third reason that I think that they're a company that is worth buying right now is, and this leads in, or this is related to that last point, these are the statistics around customers and how many of their different modules that they offer that customers subscribe to. So in the last reported quarter, 71% of customers had four or more modules, 59% had five or more, 35% had six or more, and 19% had seven or more. And this is growing so rapidly that they're going to stop reporting that four or more one, because that's becoming almost everyone. And they've just added this seven or more category. So as you can see, customers come, they they stay, and they buy more. 
So those are all the reasons I think CrowdStrike is absolutely worth buying right now, and it's why it's at the top of my list. Yeah. I, I, now, what about you, Jason? What's your what's your top what's your top pick here? My top one, right? This, a company that I would buy, and this is almost always very high on my list of stocks that I would buy at any given time, and that's Brookfield Infrastructure. Um, and so going in a completely different direction in terms of what the business does, right, compared to a cloud-based cybersecurity giant that's taking share and growing and, and building its business larger, Brookfield Infrastructure is really about irreplaceable assets that make the modern economy work. We're talking steel and concrete, real assets that move water, that move water, that move energy, uh, that move telecommunications, that move transportation, so things like ports and toll roads and that sort of thing. So these are really important um, infrastructure that serve the modern, the modern world. Now, the key thing about them is that this is a massive multi-trillion dollar industry. We're talking trillions of dollars a year globally that gets spent on this. It's, it's low growth, right, overall. It's not very sexy. It's hidden. Nobody really thinks about it. There's no fancy brand name like CrowdStrike or Apple that's attached to it. But these things are like air. We absolutely have to have them. And for a company like Brookfield Infrastructure, it's so positioned, it's multinational in scope, it's been able to grow for 15 years almost since it went public at a much faster rate than spending on infrastructure and has been an absolute market-beating investment. So what happens? They make these investments in these infrastructure. You get regulated local monopolies in a lot of cases. Nobody's going to build another uh, natural gas utility in the town, right? It's there. It's in place. Things like toll roads, ports. Once they're there, they're established. They're, 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 just, they're, they're, they're almost uncompetable, right? So sometimes they deal with regulation, local regulations on pricing and that sort of thing, but they're cash-generating machines. We see the global middle class is exploding. We're going to add a billion people to the world in the next decade or so. Um, essentially, that entire amount of glo- uh, global population growth is all going to be middle class expansion at the same time. You think about here in the U.S., you think about Europe, aging infrastructure that needs to be modernized, improved, and expanded upon. These guys are the best capital allocators in the space, and you want a great way to generate income and also total returns that can beat the market, and you can sleep well at night. Brookfield Infrastructure is at the top of the list for me. Jeff, let's talk about the other end of the spectrum here. Let's talk about some stocks that, that you wouldn't buy with even with, with my money. I'm generous. Here's some money. Why don't you go buy, I don't know, Robinhood. Are you going to buy Robinhood with my money, Jeff? Not happening, Jason. Not even with your money. Um, I'll start off before I get into why I wouldn't buy Robinhood. I'll give them credit for one thing. Um, they created a very user-friendly and attractive way for newer investors to get interested in investing. Introduced investing to millions of of people. Millions of people. Yep. And did also kind of push the entire industry away from trading fees. They weren't weren't the first, but they were an early disruptor in driving those commissions to zero pretty much across the industry. Right. So that's all the good stuff. Now, I'm not even going to get into business metrics too much with this, but here's my big issue. Their entire business model is built around payment for order flow, which we're not going to get into in detail, but essentially what it means is they are incentivized they they need to incentivize trading in order to make money. So, their app, while as appealing as it is, is gamified, right? It makes you want to open it, check your portfolio all day long, buy things, sell things, buy things, sell things. And as someone who 
truly believes the real way to invest is to do it over the long term and not to be in and out of positions. Um, I think that their business model is based around incentivizing the wrong type of behavior. Not only that, it's also not a, it's a cyclical business model, right? So during uh, 2020, 2021, when the stock market was going up and everything was to the moon and rocket emojis on Twitter, um, they did great. They had people were buying and trading crypto stocks, everything. They, they had fantastic financial results. But fast forward to the last year or so, completely opposite, right? And here's their, are, here's their Q2 results, right? They're looking at year over year. Um, or even quarter over quarter more accounts, but then like things like active users, you know, almost two million fewer active users in the second quarter versus the four, first quarter. The collapse in market values, thirty-one percent reduction in assets um, under custody, and that's exactly what you're talking about, Jeff. That's the nature of their business is so focused on making money from the the large hedge funds and other other folks behind the scenes that buy the trading flow so they can make just a little bit of arbitrage and a little bit of money on every transaction. So it's kind of the hidden commission that's there, right? Right. Yeah. So from a standpoint of I want my portfolio to reflect my best my best vision for the future and from just a straight up business model standpoint, I wouldn't buy Robinhood even with your money. All right. Well, I've got one that if you were generous and were to give me some money, um, I would not use your money to buy Jeff, and this is one that's already in my portfolio. It's a stock that I actually already own, um, and I've, I've talked about on another video, and that's Peloton, ticker P-T-O-N. So why is Peloton on my won't-buy-it-with-anybody-else's-money list right now? And it's simply that the company has so much, so much to prove in the way that its business stands right now. You look at the stock, it's trading for around $10 a share. It's down more than 90% from the all-time high. It's probably still bumping on all-time lows right now. The thing that's happening is as much as the company is looking at metrics and saying, hey, we're cutting our cash burn, we're tightening our belt, and all those things are positive, we're downsizing, all of those things make sense. The company has to, really. It's doing those things. And they're saying, well, you look at our metrics this quarter, Versus back before the pandemic, hey, we're looking pretty good. But when they start doing that, like they're looking at like their engagement, monthly average workouts, which is a pretty important metric because the core thesis for this business is getting people to have a bike and then pay for that monthly subscription and use that and stay engaged and keep paying that monthly subscription. That's where the company is going to make money. They said in the second quarter, they had just under 15 million average monthly workouts um, per subscription. It was down from the quarter before, but they said, hey, it's, we're up from, from 2019. You're pretending like all of those bikes that you sold and all of those subscriptions you sold over the past couple of years didn't exist. You can't do that, right? That means that people are disengaging. That's a major thesis breaker for this business. So until they prove that this is just a temporary headwind, this is not a good time to be buying Peloton stock. We're here to ask the important questions. We're going to give answers too. But you need to answer those questions for yourselves. Nothing we said is investing advice, people. Make your own decisions. You can do it. 